Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. Good morning, everyone. Today we're kicking off a brand new three-week message series, and the title of this series is Called. I want to begin with a question. Do you believe that there is a special purpose for your life? Do you believe that there is something significant that you're supposed to do, something of meaning and value uh, that's connected with your life? And honestly, I think many people do. It, it, God has created us and wired us to have a sense within us that we're called to something, that there's something significant and important for us to accomplish. And honestly, over the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about that. And for many of us, the temptation is to go straight to the, what are we supposed to do? Am I, am I called to be here or be there? Marry her, marry him, take that job, have kids, uh, do this profession or that one. And so we're very, very keen to know what to do. Uh, but over the next three weeks, what we're going to be doing is talking about this idea of the calling of God and what it means to to be called. Here's here's a quick uh, overview, a layout of what we're going to be doing over the next three weeks. Uh, today, week one, we're going to talk about how. We're going to talk about how he calls us, okay? And that's extremely important. We want to skip over that, but we can't skip over that. How does he call us? We're going to be seeing that today. Next week, we're going to talk about who he calls us to be. We're going to talk about our character. We're going to talk about... Um, what God is, is trying to do in us. And then lastly, in week three, and I know this is where everyone else wants to get to, we're going to talk about what he calls us to do. And so that's where we're going to talk about how to discover where God is leading you, what are the things he would have you to do that are unique and special to you. So with all that in mind, I want to encourage all of you who are watching online today to make a plan to tune in for the next three weeks, uh, to be here, to be ready. Uh, if you've got a Bible, bring it, have it open, maybe a notepad you can write down, because I'm going to be asking a lot of hard questions. We're going to be looking at some really, really important things that I believe have the ability to shape our lives as individuals when we come to understand what God has called us or is calling us to. And also as a church, this is going to be such an extremely important conversation for us. So I want to encourage you to, to sort of dive in and lean into what we're going uh, to be doing. Here's a question. What does it mean to be called? When you hear this phrase, uh, uh, when, when, when people talk about their calling, what, what comes to mind? I, I thought um, this morning what I would do is uh, I, I'm going to call uh, some random people uh, from our church and, and just give them a call and, and see what, what they think. And they do not know this is coming. So I'll just let them know. I'll put them on speakerphone so you guys can, can hear the conversation. So um, this is this is Marilyn. So Marilyn is a sweetheart. We love Marilyn. So let's see what what Marilyn has to say. This is like phone a friend in that game, you know? Who wants to be a millionaire? Only there's no money. Hey Marilyn, this is Nathan. I'm just recording my message and wanted to include you in it and get some of your thoughts. So. Anyway, we love you. Hope you're doing well, and uh, we'll chat soon. Bye. Okay, that, that was a fail. Let's try someone else. <laughs> All right. This is Dave. Now, Dave uh, operates a towing business, so he's usually on call. He'll, unless he sees that it's me calling, maybe he won't answer. Let's see what happens here. Hello. Hey, Dave. Yeah. It's Nate here. 
Hey, uh, I got you on speakerphone. Um, you're you're part of my you're part of my sermon today. Beautiful. Awesome. So just you know, keep it family friendly and all that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Dave, I'm talking about I'm talking about calling uh, this week. We're starting a new series, and just wanted to get your thoughts real quick. When you hear the idea of being called or calling, what what comes to mind for you? Being called or calling. Um, that is somebody recognizing uh, your gifts. And uh, you're able to use your gifts um, to bless people. That's awesome. Does it does it have to be a church job? Negative. Negative. <laughs> That's perfect, man. Well, hey, th- thanks for playing along, man. Appreciate you. No, thank you. All right, have a good day. All right, thanks. Bye. That's awesome. Uh, Dave's great. Uh, Dave uses his role as a tow truck operator to actually serve and care for people, and it's part of his calling. We're going to talk a lot about those types of things in the next couple of weeks, but as we think about this question of what does it mean to be called, let me, let me just give you two, two basic buckets that I think a lot of people end up in. If you are watching today and you grew up in church, if church is part of your, your, your experience growing up, many people within the church think of calling as a special assignment. It's like, oh, called to the ministry or called to the mission field or called uh, to, to, to be a leader or to do some specific thing. And that's certainly part of calling, but that's often where church people go. If you're watching this, and many people watching do not have a church background, didn't grow up in church, for you, perhaps when you hear the idea, the word called, or the idea of calling, uh, it's often connected to passion. It's like, oh, I, I feel called to the medical field, or I feel called to make a difference in my community, or to serve the less fortunate, or start a charity. It really has more to do with passions and desires, and and I think that this idea of calling and being called actually encompasses all of those things that we are talking about, but that's not the best place to start. And what I want to show you today is simply this, that there is no calling without a caller, right? And so uh, Dave, and I wish it was Marilyn, answering those calls, I mean, unless I called them, there would be, there would be no calling. And what we have to understand is so many people are pursuing a calling, a passion, a desire. Where do I go? What do I do? But if we exclude the caller, there is no calling. There's just, there's just stuff. And so the place that we need to start is by hearing the call. The call, and again, if you don't believe there's a God, then how can you believe there's some purpose you were designed for if you just happen to be here? So there has to be a caller, and the caller calls us, and we respond to the call. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to show you today, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 4. And here in Matthew's account of of Jesus's life, he's going to talk about how Jesus calls his first two disciples, Peter and Andrew, and he's going to call them in a unique way. And I believe this is still how God calls us. So check it out. Matthew chapter four, verse 18 says this, while walking by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, okay, Simon, who is called Peter, Simon, his name is going to be changed later by Jesus to Peter and Andrew, his brother. Okay. So we've got two brothers and what are they doing? They are They're casting a net. They were fishermen. They were casting their net into the sea for they were fishermen. The net in their hands was the tool. It was the way that they did their work. It was their identity. They were, they were fishermen. It's what they did for a living. It's how they fed their families. It's, it's really who they were within the community. They were fishermen. So they, they had their nets and their, they were fishermen. And it says next, it says, and he, Jesus said to them, now picture this. Hey guys, Jesus calls from the shore. Follow me, and I will make you fishers 
of men. Jesus says, I'm going to take what you have, your skill set gifts, and I'm going to use them for my glory and purpose. I'm going to, I'm going to insert purpose and significance into what you're already doing. But Jesus calls them and he says, here's the call. The call is to follow me. I want everyone at home listening to this online. Maybe you're driving down the road, listening to a podcast. I want you to repeat these words. Follow me. Follow me is the call. Notice Jesus doesn't, doesn't say, Hey, I'm inviting you to be a pastor. I'm inviting you to be a business leader or a politician or a mom or a doctor or a nurse or a, he doesn't say I'm calling you to a role. He says, I'm calling you to what? Follow me. That's the call. The call is to follow me. That's our job. Our job is to follow Jesus. His job is to make us into what we will be. His job is to lead us to the things that we will do. And if we don't get this right, if we don't recognize that there is a caller and there is a call and our response is to follow him. Here's, here's what I'd, I'd like to say. The call of God, and when we're thinking about this idea of calling, the call of God is first and foremost a call to relationship with him. Friends, we cannot miss this. The call of God on our lives, before we think about who we become and what we do, we have to understand that the call of God is actually a call to follow him, to know him, to be in relationship with him. Christianity is not the way people worship. It's not a particular theology, doctrine, sacraments. It's not governance. It's not perfect life. It's, it's all those things are part of it. But the, the Christian faith is actually rooted in relationship with Jesus, connection to him, faith in him, to know him, to love him, to serve him, to obey him. In fact, when, when Jesus was asked the question, what is the greatest commandment? So the religious leaders like Jesus, if there's one rule that we should follow, what is it? And he said, here it is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And a second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says the first priority for you and for me is to love God with everything we have, to pursue him, to look to him, to run to him. See, we all want to get busy for God, but Jesus says your first priority is to God. Your first priority is to know him and to love him and to follow him. It is relationship-based. And if you remove the relationship with Jesus, all you're left with is dead and dry religion. All you're left with is moralism. All you're left with is a club, okay? But when you have a relationship with Jesus, when you're following him, it changes absolutely everything. In fact, one time in Matthew 7, um, Jesus is preaching a sermon, and he makes a really, really bold statement. He says, on that day, what day is he talking about? Jesus is saying, there's coming a day when you and I will stand before him and give an account. It's like, oh, here's what I did with my life. And on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name and do many, what's that say? Mighty works in your name. Jesus Look at all the stuff we did for you. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Friends, on that day when I stand before God and you'll stand before God, the last thing I want to hear is, who's that? Who's the big, tall French guy looking lost? Who, who is that guy? I want God to be like, hey, that's Nathan. That's my son. That's the, he's been following me for years. Come, enter into my glory. Come, good and faithful servant, okay? It's our relationship with him that matters most. And honestly, friends, I've been pastoring a church for 10 years. I've been in church my whole life. Most Christians are more concerned with the stuff we're supposed to do for him 
than knowing him and following him and being in relationship. That always seems to fall by the wayside as we seek to be and live the Christian life. So the call of God is first and foremost a call to relationship. Here's what happens next. Jesus calls them, and here's the call. Remember? You guys remember what it is? Follow me. That's the call. Relationship. And he said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I cannot stress enough the strength of the call to follow me. Jesus wasn't polite. He wasn't Canadian. Okay, Jesus wasn't like, uh, hey, uh, like, sorry to bother you, eh? but like, uh, if you got a few minutes, if you if you got some room in your priorities to maybe like we could we could have some lunch, maybe some poutine or something. Like Jesus wasn't. He was like, follow me. That's strong, friends. It, 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 basically, Jesus is like, how about this, guys? Your livelihood, your career, your history, your identity, what you value. I want you to leave all of that behind and follow me. I want you to make me number one, first priority, the thing you love above all else. Follow me. How's that for strong? And, and sometimes I think we're tempted to want to have this, this little Jesus, this little convenient Jesus that we kind of put in our pocket, you know. It's like people say, hey, uh, do you know Jesus? Oh, yeah, I got Jesus in my life. He's, he's around here somewhere. Where did he go? You know, like we're carrying Jesus like he's a, like a rabbit's foot or a good luck charm. But I don't know about you, but I don't want some little Jesus. I heard T.D. Jakes, he said this. He's like, do you want some little Jesus you carry around with you or do you want a big Jesus who can carry you? How about that? And Jesus is a big Jesus. He is the creator. He's the caller. And he's the one that says, hey, you follow me. And he doesn't apologize for it. And I'm thankful for that because I want a Jesus that I can follow. I want a Jesus that knows where he's going. I want a Jesus that is confident that he can get me there. So how did they respond to this, this audacious call? Hey, guys, drop your nets. Drop everything you're doing and come and follow me. Here's what it says. Immediately, immediately, <laughs> they left their nets. Now, when I think about this idea of leaving the nets behind, I, there's so many things in my life that are valuable to me. And, you know, I've got agendas and plans. I know you do. And those nets, it's, it's, it's what we do. It's our, it's our work. It's, it's the stuff that gives us our identity. Maybe for some of you, your net is a relationship. You know, a girl, a guy, a spouse, your kids. Maybe it's your business, your career, your education. Maybe it's... Maybe it's, uh, who knows? So you got this net and you're holding on to it. But the problem is, is that in order to heed the call to follow Jesus, there are some things we're going to have to let go. And the disciples had to let go of their nets. Let me ask you a question. Um, what's Jesus asking you to leave behind? When God called Abraham, the father of faith, he said, come and I'll show you a land. And Abraham left his family behind. He left everything behind to, to, to follow God to a land he had never seen. When Moses was called by God, he, he left his identity as a son of Pharaoh's daughter. He left the comfort of Egypt to suffer with his people. The disciples were asked to follow Jesus and they left their career. They left their family. They left their business. They left their money making. They left all of it behind, their identity, to follow him. And I would ask you, what is Jesus asking you, or maybe a better way to say it is simply this, what will you need to leave behind in order to follow Jesus? Because Jesus says, come, follow me. Come and follow me. I'll take you on a journey. I'll take you where you need to go. But, but there are things that we're holding on to, our nets, and, and sometimes we're just unwilling to let go. 
And he won't pry it from our hands. He just calls. He's the caller and he calls us and he calls us to follow him. It's important that you understand this. I've taught on this over the years that answering the call of Jesus is actually an event and it's a process. I want you to think about this because for many people, we think of Christianity, we think of following Jesus as an event. It's like, oh yes, on, on a particular day at a particular time, I made a decision to follow Jesus. Man, I was like Peter and Andrew in the boat. I dropped my nets and I said, whatever you want, wherever you lead me, I'm going to follow you. And there was a, a key moment of decision. And we think of Christianity like that. But I'm telling you, Christianity is not just a decision. It's not just a moment. It's actually a process that we enter into. I like to think of it this way. Um, wedding is an event. I remember the day I got married, uh, Jessica, my lovely wife and I, we stood at the altar we both said, I do. We kissed. There was a song and we left and it was like, woo, wonderful day. We are now married. But guess what? Marriage is a process. Wedding is an event. Marriage is a process. Uh, committing to follow Jesus and dropping your nets is an event, but it leads you into a process of following Jesus day by day, year by year, decade by decade. In fact, years ago, uh, when we launched this church nearly 10 years ago, we, we, I, we chose the name Pathway Church for exactly this reason. Because we don't believe that our goal as a church is just to get everyone in Peterborough to, to say, I believe in Jesus, and say a prayer. We're actually inviting people into a life of following Jesus. Saying, hey, will you join us on the journey, on the path to following him wherever he leads, whatever he wants. And it's going to be a daily, it's going to be a daily discipline. It's going to be constant work, but we're going to follow Jesus wherever he leads. That's, that's where the name Pathway Church came from. Also, you need to understand this, that the call of God, when God calls you and he calls me, it's actually more about direction than location. All right. And, and this is really important to understand because it's so easy for us to judge other people. You look at someone's life and you can kind of see where they're at. You see their, you kind of look and you're like, oh, okay, your location isn't good. And, and we write people off. But what God is really concerned with is what direction we're moving. Are we following? And whether you're in a good place or a bad place, the question is, are you following him? And it's so easy to follow Jesus to a good place, and then he keeps moving on, and we're like, we're happy here. And we just settle, and we stop following. But the call isn't to, hey, follow me, and I'll, I'll get you to a good place. It's follow me, period. And so we continue to follow him through the good days, through the bad days. One of the things that's so encouraging to me about this particular um, story with Peter and letting go of the nets is that, um, Jesus invites Peter and Andrew to follow him. And you, you know the story we just talked about. It. They, they had all their nets and they were willing to, to let them go. They were willing to make Jesus their everything and they were willing to follow him. And they did that. And that's amazing. And I'm calling you to do that. And God is calling me to do that too. However, what's so encouraging to me about this is that after three, three and a half years of Peter and Andrew following Jesus and there were ups crowds were following Jesus and everyone would look amazing and it's like, woo, we're so glad we're following Jesus. And then there were days when people hated Jesus and people left Jesus and the disciples were looking around like, what do we do now? Do we keep following him? Do we leave? And so they stuck with Jesus through this process. But finally, when Jesus is arrested and crucified and buried in the ground, uh, it seems like everything, all hope was lost. Guess, guess what the disciples do? In fact, after Jesus is resurrected, and he goes to find his disciples to encourage them once again and to send them out on the mission. Guess where he finds the boys? <laughs> Here's what it says in uh, John 21, verse 3. Simon Peter said to them, 
Remember, this is after Jesus' death and resurrection. He said to the other disciples, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we'll go with you. And they went out and got in the boat, and that night they caught nothing. If you, if you heard the message last week, here's what I talked about, the good old days. Peter, after three and a half years of abandoning his nets and following Jesus, when all hope was lost, guess where he went? Back to his nets. And the one who had once abandoned his nets to follow Jesus actually returned to them. And so here they are, back out on the sea where they began, and they're throwing the nets, and they're throwing the nets, trying to do what they used to do in the way they used to do it. And guess what they came up with? Nothing. I'll tell you this, my prayer for, for me, for my family, and for our church is that for those of us who have committed to following Jesus and have laid down our nets, that when we try going back to them, we find them empty. When we try to go back to them, we find they don't work and they don't satisfy. And Peter and his friends, are, they're out there casting their old nets in the water, and it says they caught nothing. And just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Isn't that amazing? These men who had spent years following Jesus didn't recognize him. And I think it's possible for us who have been following Jesus for years to wander away from him and to go back to what we used to know and love and value and lose sight and maybe not even recognize that he's calling to us anymore. And he said to them, children, do you have any fish? How's it working? How's that fishing going? All right, you went back to where you used to be. How's, how's that going for you? And they answered him, no, nothing, not working. Verse 6, he said to them, cast the net on the other side of the boat. Now, this makes no sense. I mean, if you're dragging a net beside the boat and you flip it over to this side, like, if you've ever done any fishing, you know, if the fish are in the area, they're in the area. If they're not, they're not. Like, that doesn't even make any sense. And so they, they throw the net over to the other side of the boat and they put it in the water. And of course, it says they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. There's this miraculous moment where Jesus literally fills their nets with fish. And, and, and there's this moment, it's like, oh yeah, this is when the disciples remember Jesus. The disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, therefore said to Peter, hey, I just remembered the call. It's Jesus, that's Jesus calling to us from the, from the beach. It's Jesus calling from the shore. And Simon Peter heard it. It was the Lord. You know what he did? He put on his outer garment. He was probably in like his underwear, bathing suit, kind of fishing away out at sea. He put on his garment, for he was stripped of for work, and he threw himself into the sea. This is the last time we see Peter holding a fishing net. The reason why I love this, why it's so encouraging to me, is because um, in spite of Peter's willingness to drop his nets and to follow Jesus with full abandon, he finds himself going back to it. And as I was studying this and thinking about it, um, it encourages me because no matter where you find yourself today, whether you're wrestling right now with, uh, should I let go of my nets? Should I surrender my life to a Jesus that will lead me? Will I follow him? Or whether you made that decision years ago. I remember when I was four years old, I prayed with my mom to receive Jesus and was like, Lord, I give you my life. And then multiple times as a teenager, I remember rededicating and committing my life and saying, God, I keep grabbing my nets. I'm letting them go. And then I remember at the age of 19 going to Bible college and getting baptized and making a statement. I'm dropping my nets for the final time. And then in my 20s, I just keep going back. I keep going back. And, and, and that's okay because it's a process. God is inviting us into this process of letting go of our nets and following him with everything 
that we have. And this is encouraging to me because the story isn't over. So no matter where you find yourself, whether you're still wrestling with letting go of those nets for the first time to follow Jesus, or whether, or whether, you made that decision years ago and you just keep finding your way back to your nets, the call remains, follow me. The call remains, let it go, make me your first priority and follow me. I want to give two challenges as I close today. If there is anyone listening to me today who's listening to this message and the phone's ringing and the caller ID is Jesus and he's, you, you hear him calling in the inside saying, follow me. And you, maybe you're wrestling and you know <laughs> there's, there's some stuff I got to let go of and I hear the call but I'm not yet willing to let go. You know, many people came to Jesus. Uh, one was a rich young ruler. And he said, what do I have to do? And Jesus said, follow me. And he said, I, uh, and it says he couldn't because he had so much materials. He had so much money, so much stuff. And he knew that he would have to let some of it go or all of it go in order to follow Jesus. And he was unwilling. Many people heard Jesus and their hearts were moved and they felt emotional. And they were like, Jesus, we want to follow you, but we have to go back and take care of our parents. We have to do this. And can you wait a few years for me? I got some things to take care of. And Jesus said, no, follow me now. Make a decision. And, and if that's you, if you've never made a decision to let go of your nets and follow Jesus, I want to encourage you to do that today. And I'm going to give you an action step in just a moment. The other group of people I want to talk to, though, quickly, are those people who maybe you've been in church your whole life. Maybe at a young age like me, you committed your life to Jesus and you said, I'm dropping my nets to follow you. And now you've wandered back into your old way of life. You've wandered back to your nets. You're, you're no longer trusting and following Jesus. You're actually trusting in what you can do, trusting in your gifts, doing things and not following Jesus. And, and I want to encourage you to continue in the process of, of letting go. You guys may think, hey, this is a pastor talking. Pastor's got it all sorted out. No, I can tell you that I don't. Um, I'm going to tell you some of the things I'm wrestling with. Um, I got my fingers in this net. You know, over the last four or five months during this pandemic, I've been wrestling with what does it mean to turn over the leadership of this church to Jesus? Maybe you think, well, isn't Jesus leading the church? Isn't it his church? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, but I've been a, a key part of leading this church for all these years, and my fingers are woven into everything that happens, and, and I'm going, God, help me. And he's, he's, he's calling me, and I'm going, oh, but, you know, but I've done so much work, and this is so, oh, uh. and, and, and I'm trying to let go and release the net. As a, as a parent, I'm trying to trust God with my children, <laughs> and that's hard. Hey, God, I, you're leading me, and you're, you're calling and leading them, and I'm like, no, no, I want to hold on. And so he's calling me to trust him. He's calling me to let go of my nets. And so if you're listening today, and maybe at one point in your life you surrendered, and you said, Jesus, be my all. I'm going to follow you anywhere. And you find yourself back holding those nets. I want to invite you once again to let go. Here's what I want to do. Before I pray, I want to, I want to call you to response. If you're hearing this, either of those two categories, here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell somebody. Not tomorrow. Not later this afternoon. Not this evening. Right now. Um, as the service is closing, I want you to you can get on the phone. You can call someone you trust. Call a mentor, a friend, a parent, a pastor, whatever. You can say, hey, I'm letting go of my nets. And I'm choosing to follow Jesus. I'm, I'm choosing to make him Lord of my life today, right now. And, and I want you to call somebody, talk to somebody, email somebody, do something now. And maybe if you're listening to me and you're a Christian person that's like, man, everyone thinks my life's together, but really my hands are so tangled up in these nets that I once left behind. 
and I'm recommitting to letting these go and to following Jesus with my life. I want you to call somebody, talk to somebody. If you have nobody to talk to, if you have nobody to call, I'm going to put my email address up on the screen right now as a way to respond. I'm actually sitting, I'll be sitting at my computer in just a few moments. And if you send me an email and you say, hey, Nathan, here's the decision I've made. Hey, Nathan, here's what I'm praying that God would do in my life. I'm trying to let go of my nets and follow him. Uh, I just want to be able to support you and encourage you and pray with you uh, as you walk through this process. Hey, also, if, if you are listening to me today and you have never been baptized, man, baptism does not mean that you have arrived. Baptism is like that initial outward sign that, hey, I've chosen to follow Jesus. I've made that decision to start the journey, and I am dropping my nets. And man, if, if you are interested in getting baptized, we will find a way. We, we can live stream it from a river, a pool. Send me an email at that address uh, that, I, that I gave you. Send me an email and say, hey, Nathan, I want to get baptized. We would love to support you in that um, and encourage you as you take the first of many steps in following Jesus on this path. We're going to close in prayer. Next week, we're going to talk about who God has called you to be. And one of the things we're going to talk about is our identity in Christ and what he has called us to do and be. Uh, So I hope that you'll come back and join us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the example of Peter and Andrew and the other disciples. Example of men And the scriptures have examples of women who literally laid down their nets, who abandoned their priorities, their values, their resources, and made you first in their life. God, I pray that we would be a church that is able to do that, that as individuals and as a community, we would lay down our nets and follow you with all our heart, with all our life, with all of our souls and minds. Lord, help us to be a church that is inviting others into the process of following you. That we would be a church that calls people instead of a church that criticizes people for where they're at. Help us, to, help us to call others and help us to heed the call so we can move together in your direction. That's my prayer, Lord. And if any person hears this message today and takes a step towards you, my job is done. Thank you that you are the God who promises to begin and to finish and complete the work in each and every one of us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. See you next week.